0: A couple summers ago, um, our family went on vacation out to Bryce Canyon. Have you ever been out to Bryce Canyon? One of the things that's really cool about Bryce Canyon is it's far enough away from everything. Well, I mean, there's this really cool geographic stuff with the hoodoos and and, and geological stuff. Um, But uh, it's far enough away from everything, and it's high enough up that uh, on a clear night you can see the Milky Way. It is just one of those spots in America where it actually still gets dark. Now, when we go home, it's going to be dark. It's been kind of a foggy day and cloudy and everything. But the dark that we experience, it ain't dark. You know, I grew up in northern Michigan, and I remember, you know, turning off the yard light and just it just being pitch dark. That's how it is out at Bryce Canyon. Just pitch dark. Now, imagine being the shepherds for a second because that's what it was like where they were. There was no electric light, not in the first century. There, there's, there's no concept. You know, if you were driving down the road and all of a sudden, you know, there were bright lights shining in your eyes from behind. I know that wouldn't happen to any of you here. Um, you'd be like, oh, there is a police officer behind me. I know what's going on here. Yeah, oh, great. Right. You know, they don't have anything like that. And as they're standing out in the fields, all of a sudden, boom, this very bright light is shining on them. And it says that they feared greatly. I love the, uh, the Greek in this. It's, they feared a great fear. Because I don't even have words for it. That's, that's how, how terrifying that situation was for them. I think that there, 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 there is still a lot of fear in the world. And part of what Christmas is about is the message that those angels spoke to those shepherds who were terrified that night. Did, did you catch what those first two words were that they said? Fear not. Fear not. Very recently, I saw this message beautifully graphically displayed. In this wonderful, classic Christmas story. Charlie Brown, you've seen it, right? Okay. Okay. If you haven't seen it, this is your homework. You got to go home, find this online somewhere. But, but, but check this out. Do you know who Linus is in the, in the show? Linus is the one with a blanket, right? Do you remember why he carries a blanket? It's his security blanket. He's afraid of everything. And he always carries this blanket with him. But I want you to watch what happens as he tells the Christmas story. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shall round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I have been tidings of great joy, it shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God, in the highest, and on earth peace, would build toward me. <laughs> That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Did you see it? Mm-hmm. Fear not, and he drops the blanket. This is why Jesus comes. There are so many things that we fear in this world. It, it, it actually becomes overwhelming, and you can see this in a variety of factors in, in society today. Uh, I, I saw a news story, it literally, depression rates surge. Surging in depression, is, those are two words you don't want together. The statistics show that there is anxiety In one, nearly one, out of every five people. And and the factors that that contribute to this, they're physical, they're psychological, and they're spiritual. And God speaks into all of them tonight, fear not. You know, so in in the physical realm, uh, one of the biggest issues that we have are, are issues of nutrition and exercise. You know, we, we don't eat food that's good for us. It's tearing us apart. And then there, we have these concerns with our in, in environment and, and pollution, and there are toxins around us. These go back to the, our relationship with the earth that God created us to be in, an earth that God created us to take care of. You know, and then we have issues of, of, of social media, where people go into their little echo chambers to have their, their, their ideas confirmed to them and, and they get really amped up and they look out at the world and they see these people that, that the, the term for them are the repugnant cultural other. The repugnant cultural other. It's that, that other person that disagrees with you, that doesn't think like you, that must clearly and obviously be a terrible person Otherwise, they would agree with you in every way. And you've never even met them. But it tears us up because they're out there, and they are they. And and there's media bias all around us. I'm not talking politically here. There is a media bias toward drama, and conflict. When we watch the news or when we read the news, it, it, it literally goes towards those things that work us up. You know, there's that old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. It, one reporter described this media bias this way. It says, it's the constant use of breaking news banners to announce often insipid bits of information. Countdown clocks to marginal events. Dramatic music, whooshing sounds, bells underneath it all. And all of it's designed to put you on alert. To make you anxious, to make you fearful of the moment, of the news that's about to come. And that's not even the normal everyday stuff like raising a family. It can be scary. And these changes take place in your family. We are, we are at a place in my family, my oldest is 21, he'll be 22 this summer, and we're on our way up to Michigan here soon to visit my mom, and he's not going to make it, because somewhere along the way there's a pretty young lady that he would like to spend the holiday with, <laughs> and this is good, and it is natural, but it grabs my heart. Parents, grownups, you know what I'm talking about here? You're happy, but at the same time, mm, and and you become a little bit overwhelmed with, with the whole experience. And spiritually speaking, all of this angst and all of this fear and all of this overwhelm comes back to a disconnect with our creator. And this is is an old root cause of so many other issues. You know, in the Psalms, it speaks of walking in God's ways. Proverbs speaks of wisdom as the fear of the Lord, which leads to paths of peace. But we've adopted a culture that I like to call Burger King spirituality. Spirituality. And Burger King spirituality says, you can have it your way. You want a little bit of this? Take that. You want a little bit of that? Take that. Oh, you don't want that? Just take it. You don't don't have to set that as part of the meal. And as you pick and as you choose, essentially what it does is it puts us in this position where our way begins to conflict with God's way. Which is the way of peace. And it robs us of our trust in Him. And it robs us of peace because it creates a disordered spirituality that effectively makes us gods of our own lives. So when we falter and when we fail to live up to even just, just our own standards, we're left having to make excuses to justify ourselves and to explain away our failures. And we end up being on the, on the defensive, defending ourselves from a world that constantly judges, constantly looks, constantly evaluates. And part of what makes Christmas so beautiful is that it's an opportunity to drop the security blanket, to, to, to be overwhelmed by something good, by someone beautiful and a message of life. It, it's, an, it's an opportunity to be overwhelmed by, by Jesus. Jesus. You know, if there was ever anyone in the whole history of the world who should be feared, it's that child that's in the manger. Kings knew this. King Herod would seek to kill that child while he was still little because that's how dangerous he was. Wise men would come from far distances in order to bow down before him and worship him. He is almighty God in human flesh. He created all things. And one day, he will judge all people. But the proclamation at his birth is fear not. It's not. Christmas is not an invitation to be overwhelmed by his glory. That day will come. But today, when you look at Jesus, we see him in a manger. Fragile. Fragile. Weak, gentle. This is an invitation to be overwhelmed by the incarnation. That's a 50 cent word that means that that God took on human flesh. That he became human. Philippians 2 says it this way, that he emptied himself of his divinity. To become one of us. And he was born. Born. God Almighty, born in a barn, laid in a manger. How humble. And he was like us in every way except without sin. Christmas is an, op- is a, an invitation to be overwhelmed by his humility. Again, in, in Philippians 2, he humbled himself to experience life, to experience temptation, sorrows, Pain. Oh, did he experience pain. He even experienced death. Before this, he was untouchable. But he chose to become servant of all. How amazing. Christmas is an invitation to be overwhelmed by his gentleness. Jesus would grow up to to say, I did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give my life as a ransom for many. No demands, but an invitation to follow, to believe, to be saved, to be changed. It's, a, it's an opportunity to be overwhelmed by his mercy. I find it interesting that the very first people who hear the announcement that the Savior of the world has come are shepherds. They're not far from Jerusalem. You know, the, The the king's palace is there. The high priest is there. All these important nobles and officials, they're there in Jerusalem, just a few miles away. But the first people to hear it are the shepherds. Normal, everyday people. And they're welcomed into his presence. He welcomes the broken the forgotten, the left behind. And, and, and if you can resonate with any of those, he welcomes you. Christmas is an opportunity to be overwhelmed by God's love. You probably all know John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish. Verse 17 says that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's what's happening in that stable, in that manger. God loving you, saving all of us. Christmas It's the proclamation that unto us is born this day a savior. He is Christ the Lord. Not a judge. Not a a philosopher lawgiver. Not a savior, not not, not some kind of of, um, guru who would show us how to live our best life now. But he's a savior who, who gave himself up. He gave up everything to be with us. He sacrificed it all in order to show us love. He was born so that he could die, and he died so that we could live, whose message is fear not, and who tells us in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Christmas is an invitation to drop your security blanket. We all have them. They're not blue and cuddly, not like when we were little kids. But there are those things that we turn to in order to numb the pain, to mask our sorrows, to to make ourselves safe from the dangers of the world. And it's an opportunity to drop it all and to take heart because Jesus was born for you, amen.